Well, good morning, New Hope. Glad that you're here this morning. Thank you for being with us. So excited to have you with us here this morning in person, whether you're online. Welcome to New Hope Community Church this morning as we continue in our series through this Christmas time, right? And looking at Jesus' different attributes, who he is. Looking at Emmanuel, the man who dwelt among us. Herbert Jackson was a new missionary, and he went to his station. And they told him that the car that he was getting didn't start and needed a push start to work. And so Jackson had a plan. He decided to go down to the local school and asked if he could get some older students out of a class to help him push the car to get it started. He did that, and from that day on, he decided he needed to find a hill to park on, or he needed to keep the engine running when he was in meetings. And so he did that for two years. Well, time came when he was going to be leaving that mission station. And there was a new missionary that came to the station. And Jackson, in his pride, was explaining to this new missionary how he needed to get this car going by, you know, pushing it and or being on a hill. But before Jackson could even finish explaining how he got this car going, The new missionary popped the hood, was looking at the engine, and interrupted him and said, well, Mr. Jackson, you know, I think there's just this loose wire here. And he reached in and he tightened the cable. He hopped in the car, turned the ignition, and to Jackson's astonishment, the thing fired up. I mean, for two years, Jackson had been needing people to push start his car. He was looking for hills. He kept it running, yet the power was there all along. Only a loose connection kept Jackson from plugging in to the power that was sitting there available to him. And so here's my question for each one of us here this morning, in the room and online. Are you living your life with inadequate power because your connection with Jesus is loose? Are you living your life with inadequate power because your connection with Jesus is loose. Is it a yes? Is it a no? Is it a, boy, Monday through Saturday? (laughs) Or is it a, like, sporadic? How is your connection with the power 
of Jesus. You know, last week I talked about how my 100-foot extension cord reflected my mental health. It just seems to get tangled up. Even though I, I, you know, wind it up real nice and all that, it just seems to get tangled up. And I spoke about how Jesus invites us to allow him to be the wonderful counselor in our life and to untangle our stuff, right? But if we think about an extension cord as well, the extension cord does us no good unless what? You plug it in. You plug it in to a power source greater than our power source, right? You have to plug it in if you want that power source. That's just how it is, right? In our series, Emmanuel, God with us, we are learning about the attributes that Jesus provides for us in our lives. Now, attribute is a characteristic or a quality about someone. And these attributes are spoken of in the Old Testament about who Jesus would be as God in the flesh for us in Isaiah 9.6. It says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. You know, what does that mean? It means that, hey, he's willing to take the weight of the world on his shoulders. He can handle it, our weight, right? And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So this morning, if Jesus is our Mighty God, and he extends his might, his power to us, first of all, what's this power like? What is this power like? I don't know about you, but uh, if you had to pick a name to be called, would you be called El Gibber? I mean, would you like, oh yeah, El Gibber? You know, hey Gibber, Gibber, right? Well, what does that mean, El Gibber? Actually, it's an incredible name, even though maybe a lot of people would be like, I don't know what you called that. But if we look at the Hebrew, the L means God. It was back during the Bronze Age, they used L in Hebrew for God, and Gibber is mighty. The Hebrew word for mighty. God mighty, which is defined as strength, power, hero, warrior. Isaiah 9.6 tells us that Jesus... El Gibber, right, is the, on my back of my shirt, the God of strength, the God of power, God our hero, God our warrior. I had this shirt just made for today. El Gibber. People will stop you and say, what up with that, right? And you just turn around. <laughs> That's who's in my life. That is who is at the end of my extension cord. If I want it, right? In the Greek, the word for power is dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite, right? We know what dynamite can do. We get this picture of the power that is available for us in Ephesians chapter 1. 
18 through 20, it says this. Paul's praying for the Ephesian church. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. And so Paul's just saying, hey, listen, this power that raised Christ from the dead is this power that is in you, available to you. That's what this power is like. And so remember that for your day-to-day life stuff. This is what this power is like. But secondly, what does this power look like in the Bible as we look at the stories in the Bible? This power looks like in Moses' life when God calls Moses to go to Pharaoh and get the Israelites out of slavery, out of Egypt, and Moses say, saying, listen, you know, I don't really speak very well. You know, I am not going. I can't say anything. I don't have words. And God says, don't worry. I will put my words in you. I will tell you what to say. And then Moses say, well, what am I going to do? How am I going to prove to them that you're really God? And God says, don't worry about proving it because I'm going to bring the power through all these plagues and he will release my people, which he did. And we saw God's power in the desert when he provided quail for 2 million people and he provided water out of a rock for 2 million people. They get to the Red Sea. The Egyptian army is coming. They can see the dust from their chariots and they think, we're dead in the water. And God says, no, Moses, put your staff in the water. And he does. And God's power splits the Red Sea 21 miles and they walk through it. That's mighty power. That's what we see in the Bible. What do we see? Power looks like David, a punk kid who takes on Goliath, walks out to the battlefield in front of a guy twice his size in height. And he says this to him. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. This day I will strike you down. I'm going to cut off your head. I'm going to give your carcasses to the Philistine, to the birds of the air and the creatures of the earth. Then the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. I mean, I think this is the first Trash talk in history, right here. I mean, David's in Goliath's grill. Tell him like it is. But he's not trash talking here. He is truth talking here. Because why? He's coming out in God's power, and he says it right there. I mean, he's a punk kid with a powerful God. There it is, right? And he taps into it. I mean... This power looks like Daniel when he's thrown into the lion's den. And there's not just one lion, there's multiple lions. And God shuts up their mouth and lays them down. And people are amazed, right? This power looks like a teenage 
girl named Mary who is visited by an angel. And the angel says, listen, you are going to give birth to the Savior of the world. And Mary says, how? I'm a virgin. And the angel says, nothing is impossible with God. I mean, this power looks like Joseph wanting to divorce Mary because hearing that she is pregnant. And the angel of the Lord comes to Joseph and says, listen, buddy, this is how it's going to go down. Take Mary as your wife because she is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And she is going to give birth to the Savior who is going to forgive your sin and everybody else's sin. So get her done. And Joseph obeys. This power is like Jesus Christ, our Savior, who is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's battling it out with his heavenly Father and saying, listen, if there is an option B, instead of going to the cross, being brutalized, nailed, and dying, I want to hear it. But not my will, yours be done. He says, hey, ultimately, Father, I am going to trust you and your power, whatever you want to do. So if there's no option B, and it's going to be A, I will follow. And we know it was option A. And Jesus went to the cross on our behalf, and the power of his father, El Gibber, raised him from the dead on our behalf. And obviously his as well. These are all stories, and there's numerous stories of God's power at work in regular people like you and me. This kind of power. So what does this power then look like in our lives? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, well, that was then. But how does this look like for us now? I love this verse, Ephesians 3, 20, 21. Paul gives us this picture. He says, now to him, Jesus, who is able to do immeasurably more, then all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Did you get that? His power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. You see, Jesus wants to do immeasurably more in our lives than all we can ask or imagine. You know, take your fist and make, make a fist. Take your hand, make a fist just like this. All right? This is how we view ourselves, right? And this is sometimes how we hold on to our own life as well. But if we open our hand, so open your hand, your hand now is twice as big, twice the size. I measured it this morning, <laughs> right? This is how God views us. We view ourselves like this. Because we hold on to our own power, our own abilities, our own thinking of what we can do. But God says, no, I created you for this, for immeasurably more. And when you open your hand, I can bring in my power where you don't have power in all kinds of situations and incidences. I can come into your life and bring it and do immeasurably more. But when does that happen? 
It happens in the verse where it says, according to his power that is at work within us. And so what do we do? We plug into his power, not our power. We invite him in to do this work. When we make a firm connection with God, his life and his power flows in and through us in all kinds of scenarios or situations, whether it's fear of a test, whether it's need of employment, whether it's just physical strength for the day or walking through a health circumstance. Whatever it is calling upon God's power to bypass what we got and to bring it for our days. And I think a great prayer for us to tap into, to plug into God's power daily is the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. The Lord's Prayer or the Followers Prayer, right? And so let's say this prayer this morning together. The words will be on the screen right here. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us in, not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That is a prayer of inviting God's power into our life. Let me just talk it through, right? Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are inviting God to bypass our power and bring heaven's power down to our earth in our situation, right? We're acknowledging that. Then we're asking for his power to give us this day our daily bread, whether it be our physical daily bread, like our food, or our daily bread of, you know what? I need uh, courage to go into work and talk to my boss about an issue, or I need courage and wisdom to understand this new application on this computer system that I have to use, whatever it might be, he is being invited into taking care of our daily need stuff regardless. Just protection on the roads, God, in the storm, getting from A to B, whatever it might be. And then help me to forgive those who have sinned against me, just like you forgive my sin, which is tough, right? Sometimes we hold on to unforgiveness and we need God's power literally in us to break it loose and to extend forgiveness. And then God, bring your power. And when temptation comes, help me to overcome it. Help me to turn and run the other way. It's his power. When we pray that prayer, we are plugging in to his power for our lives. I mean, you just think of prayer, period. It's a plugging in to God's power in our lives. There's all kinds of scenarios happening around New Hope where people are being challenged physically. You know, two weeks ago, there was a, a new baby boy born, and we were celebrating. But when he had his circumcision, 
that baby boy would not stop bleeding because there was history in the family of hemophilia. And there was this big concern. And, and all that day, that little boy kept bleeding. And they were down at Children's Hospital, and they couldn't stop it. And, that, and many, many people were praying. And I remember texting the couple and just saying, hey, listen, God, make this little boy's body work overnight as you have designed it to work. And let this bleeding stop by how you designed the body to clot blood. And it was cool to get a text in the morning that said, like, boy, around four in the morning, his blood had stopped flowing, it was clotting, and the body was working. And it wasn't like my prayer, it was multiple prayers, but it was like, God, Obviously, I'm not there, I'm not a doctor or whatever, but I know who I can tap into is for power here, for a situation. You know, there's another incident of uh, a gentleman who has leukemia at New Hope, couldn't get home from the hospital because he had three day, he needed three days of good numbers. And meeting with the family and just praying over their situation and saying, God, you like the number three. Matter of fact, on the third day, you raised your son from the dead. So give this family three good days of numbers so dad can get home for the holidays. And God answered. It's not my prayer. Multiple people praying for this situation, but it's like, hey, I don't got it. I can't get him home. And so we go and we plug into power that is greater than ours. You know, today we are control people. And we need to move past our control, our power, and seek out God's. Because we recognize that, hey, we think we can control it all, and maybe you think you can. And we can, but to one extent, right? We can control things or use our power up till the day we die. But after death, who controls our eternal life? I'm dead. <laughs> I don't control it. We need the power of God, not only in this life, but to control our eternal life. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Doesn't talk about my life, my power. It says, hey, eternal life is Jesus Christ our Lord, his power. And so we need to recognize what he provides for us. You know, I grew up in Madison, Wisconsin. I went to Mayfield Elementary School. And second grade, unfortunately, I had this bully that waited for me every day after school. And he had wanted to fight and beat me up. And unfortunately, he was bigger than me. <laughs> so I made it tough, right? I tried to outrun him, all that kind of stuff. But every day, this kid would hassle me. And I didn't have the power to overcome this bigger kid. But I came to the realization, you know what? I don't have the power. But I got four older brothers. <laughs> and so I told my four older brothers. And they showed up after school with me when this kid was chasing me down. And that was the end of it. <laughs> that was the end of it, right? Right there. And that is a picture of El Gibber <laughs> in our life, right? What he wants to do. For us, this mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead is this power available for each one of us. 
And so that's why this morning we are celebrating communion. So if you have your communion cup, please grab that. And Jesus says, I want you to remember what I did on the cross for you. The power that's available for you. The same power that raised me from the dead. And I want you to partake of the Lord's Supper in remembrance so that you remember, remember, remember. But the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 11 says, prior to taking communion, search your heart. See if there's any unconfessed sin because what disconnects us from that power is unconfessed sin. Puts a short in the cord, our connection with God. But I invite you to take the bread And Jesus said, this is my body broken for you. Eat of this in remembrance of what I did. And then he took the cup. And he said, this is my blood shed for you. For the forgiveness of your sin. Something you couldn't do. power of God could do for you. Remember its power and that it's available daily. Let's drink of it. El Gibber, the God of strength, the God of power, God our hero, God our warrior is here for each one of us and invites us to his power beyond ours. Let's remember that. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your goodness, for your mighty power and that you extend it to us freely And so may we live as overcomers because you have overcome by the cross. And so thank you that we are not alone, but we have the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father and prince of peace who lives with us and will never forsake us. Thank you in your holy name. Amen.